Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm Brandi Vega. I am the host, but this is where the talent is right here. Really excited to have Kathy Garf and Erin Trenbeth Murray. And we are talking about success in education and specifically the women who succeed. But first, tell us how success in education got started. Well, success in education started with keys to success. And we were having a discussion around our dinner table with my children. And my husband had been involved in educational causes. He was the speaker of the house and he was really passionate about education and and causes. And I had been working on some boards with education and, and we discussed it with our children and said, there are some things that need to be done, but the state does not have enough money. Mm-hmm. So what would everyone around this room want? And we had little, our children are very not soft-spoken. <laughs> and so they... Yours too, huh? <laughs> yes. So they gave us their opinions. And we said, what would we want? And my husband said, well, how could I motivate and he said, I sell cars. Why not give away cars? And I said, you got it. And and so I told them what was really important to me and what was really important at that time that I could see because of what I'd been involved in was literacy. Children who didn't know how to read by the time they were in third grade and then continuing on and helping kids decide to go to college and get more education, whether it was a technical college or a university, it didn't matter to me. I just could see so many kids dropping out of school and not being able to achieve anything. So we started the program, Keys to Success. It's been going on for 18 years. Wow. Now, and it it evolved eventually so that it wasn't Ken Garf Keys to Success it became a public entity. So we're now success in education and we have several partners. So it's not just Ken Garf, it's, it's the community involvement. I love that you were looking out for the kids in the beginning because I know with my daughter, I have a 14 year old and the one thing that motivates her is money. She will work <laughs> for money and a car. That's, she's saving her money for a car. So finding something that you go, okay, how can we make a difference? Because all of us can if we choose to. And that's obviously something that's very important to you. Very important. Erin, how did you get involved in this? Well, I've known the Gar family for about 40 years and just adore them and think have always thought so highly of them and their initiatives. And then an opportunity presented itself about a year ago and was able to come on board and, and look at all the neat innovative programs that they were doing in addition to KEYS, their Road to Success program with literacy in elementary school, their Code to Success program, doing uh, programming and boot camps, really kind of lit me up. And then we decided to look at expanding a little bit the coding and programming to a broader strategy of technology mm-hmm. and created Ken Garf Esports. And then uh, Kathy and I got talking about girls and young women and their choices 
to engage in computer science or to not engage or in technology. And then it evolved into discussions with some pretty established women in our community, very bright, uh, well-informed ladies that talked to us a lot about confidence and leadership skills mm-hmm. that didn't seem to always be present in opportunities for girls and young women. And so that's when we decided to create Women Who Succeed. I love it. And I'm obviously a member mm-hmm. of Women Who Succeed. Females in the STEM industry are few and far between. I have been in this industry for 25 years and there's not very many. Why did you feel strongly about setting this up and, and implementing this new program? I think women and young girls especially are a little bit nervous about going into STEM industry, into the STEM subjects. And we wanted to eliminate the barriers. We wanted to eliminate, we wanted to encourage them and empower them to realize that if they were interested, they could do it. And we've seen growth. We've seen growth. We've seen in our coding program, it started out where we had, I think the first year we had 12% girls. We're now up to what? 32%. 32% girls. It's a 20% increase. Mm-hmm. So uh, we can see that if we encourage young women to go into some of the STEM subjects, they say, well, why not? Mm-hmm. And they do it. It's funny how I, I'm, I just had a thought, and I know this is random, but Girls do things in groups. We Mm -hmm. go to lunch in groups. We go to the bathroom in groups. If Mm -hmm. one person says, hey, I'm going to do this, we kind of tend to follow. So setting this up and setting the example that, hey, this is an area where girls can go as well. And you've got the women who've been down that path saying, follow me. Right. I think that the, I think you're totally on, even though it originally started with the, the STEM piece, we thought even if they don't go into technology or science, this will give them a baseline. This will give them a leg up. They need to have strong mathematics. They need to be technology savvy. Um, It will help them grow confident. It will help them to be a strong leader. And so when we started reaching out to female leaders, the community that were already in that STEM field, that really helps because then we created our mentoring program, we could really try to match uh, mentees, young girls across the state with women that were already in, in the field which has been fantastic. And it seems like everything's going really well so far, right? I mean, you have seems to be, mentees yeah. and mentors saying, me, me, I wanna do it, I wanna do it. We right? do, we have 70 girls, I would say on the wait list right now. And it has been, I mean, this was our first year. And so Kathy is so great. She always does these little informal um, tests, like you do these little check things out with friends or her family and helps poke holes through it mm-hmm. and then gives me a feedback and we try to take that in and and navigate it but overall so far very positive and the mentoring and, and mentee piece we have the mostly the established women in the community are mentoring college age girls and then those women um, are mentoring middle school age girls okay and um and so there's certainly some circumstances where we have established women that are mentoring middle school age girls too, but that's kind of that waterfall effect. And mm-hmm. that seems to be resonating really well with the ladies. I look back on my career and my path. I ended up joining the military and I think, what if I would have had a really strong female, if I would have had this kind of program to help me, 
I wonder what I could have done and if it would have taken me as long. Who was maybe one of your role models, one of the strong women in your life that kind of got you to where you are today, that gave you encouragement? Probably my mother. And a lot of people say their mother, but I had a remarkable mother. Tell us about her. Well, let me tell you a little bit about, I think maybe what I've learned is, I think I can say that I had an inspired life. It wasn't all easy, but I was inspired by what my mother did. And I think what she did well was when interruptions came along. And she had a lot of interruptions when things were going smoothly and never stayed that way and had a lot of interruptions. And so she learned from interruptions. I learned from watching her. And what happened was my father had a stroke when he was 50 years old and he had a business mm -hmm. and it was a, a very masculine business. There was a machine shop full of men and, and they had big machinery that they were working on and she had to take over his company. She loved being a mother. She had been a school teacher and she loved staying at home and she loved cooking and she loved cleaning and she loved gardening. And all of a sudden she had this huge interruption in her life and she had to take over his business and she did really well. In the meantime, my father passed away. She grew the business and was actually honored by President Johnson Wow. As the small businessman of the year. <laughs> I love that. I know. That, that gave me chills. What an incredible. Go ahead and tell us the kind of people you want to hire. She hired uh, Vietnamese refugees. She hired a lot of Latinos. And and she embraced them as her family. And they they some of them treated her like a mother. She paid for their education. She paid for their children's education. She had a, a family of employees, and it was such a male-oriented world. I had to change my major at the U because, because she needed help. So I had to go from being a school teacher teaching English that I loved, and I became a business major and, and business education. And I worked with her, and I watched her. I watched her blossom. She hated to even balance her bank account. <laughs> but she became a very successful businesswoman and I she was my inspiration. That's incredible. And she had courage, she had courage and she knew who she was and people admired her for it and she she just took that interruption in her life and she inspired me. So that's why I say I think my life was full of inspiration and full of a lot of interruptions. Erin, you mentioned the waterfall effect, and I mm -hmm. think we just saw that, didn't we? Exactly. With what your mom did and helping and educating and taking in refugees. And now with everything that you're doing, what a blessing to keep on with that legacy that your mom started. Erin, who would be your mentor? Who was your well, got to go with, with the mom, with the mom right? And at my second one here, my the second half of my life, my 
mom grew up um, in a coal mining town. Her dad worked in the coal mines in eastern, southern Utah. And um, and became, um, got her degree at Home Ec, in Home Ec at BYU. And had a fairly traditional lifestyle. And those interruptions, that tenacity that I watched her over the years persevere. My dad had MS. And so she really became the strong figurehead kind of of our household. And um, she was an assistant superintendent in Davis School District in the 80s. And um, she was just so well loved, even though her, so her background is home ec, and then she was over construction and IT, very male dominant <laughs> industries. And I love to hear stories about her and, and one from a, a board member of ours has shared with me that the first time he was superintendent, Rich Kendall, the first time he um, went on her first day on the job, goes to the, the bus barn and she's on a trolley underneath the bus with a mechanic and he's teaching her about some pieces of the bus. And I heard over and over again when she'd go on construction sites and I'd go with her and people would yell out her name and she knew immediately who was George and Ralph and how's your, how's your wife doing? And have, I heard your kids have transferred. And I just, that, 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 those attributes come out in Kathy a lot too, with so many people that Kathy knows through their family and their network, um, paying attention to those individuals, showing that warmth and engagement and that personal interest in others. It's, it's been a really good role model for me, both, both with Kathy and my mom, for sure. Makes me really want to be um, more attentive and present with people. What are you guys seeing with our, our youth today? This new generation of women, what are you seeing? Do you think that they have the same <laughs> fight that, that your mom and your generation and my generation, or do you think, like, where did they land? I kind of think that I love to hear what Kathy thinks with her granddaughters, but my sons are 22 and 18. So it's kind of fun getting to know their friends that are, that are girls. They, they come across to me just very solid that, um, there isn't a, they don't see maybe that I saw in my generation. I always felt like I had to kind of fight to be at the board table. I had to, you know, not be the only girl in the class. And I don't think it's completely the glass ceiling's broken. But I, I see a confidence in these young women um, and the opportunities are, that they have. And they're so savvy. Mm -hmm. um, I worry about them with social media. I worry about self-esteem. I worry about depression and those big picture things for these young women. But I feel in a lot of ways they're, they're much more solid and grounded than I was at that age. I don't know. What do you see in your, your granddaughters? Well... I'm looking at my own children. You know, we've always sold cars in our company. And we did not buy our children cars. They had to earn their own money for their cars. Yeah. And they didn't, they had to work hard. And I see the same thing going on in their children. They're making, they may not have to pay for it totally, but they're having to earn their way and work hard and I see that in my grandchildren but I don't I don't see it in all the young people today I, I think there's a lot of entitlement mm -hmm. 
and I and I talk a lot with my friends and I say, what are the issues in your family? And they're worried. They're worried that that, that young people today don't have a commitment to anything. They don't know how to follow through. If they were, if they tried out for the football team and made it and it got a little hard, they drop out. Or if they tried out for a some committee or something and it got a little hard, they drop out. But I don't see that in most of my grandchildren's friends, but they talk about it with a uh, they talk about the entitlement issue with right. their peers, and maybe they don't see it in themselves, mm-hmm. but they're very influenced by social media. Right. And they spend way too much time on social media. And I don't, I don't know how to control that, because if the parents can't control it, the young people can't control it. I definitely think that's one of the hardest things that our youth have to deal with. And you know, it's a slippery slope. We don't know how to, we don't know how to face it because we didn't have to deal with it and we don't know what the full effects of it are. But I feel like creating these communities with mentors might give them a little bit of an edge, a a new community, a sense of community that's not virtual. You know, um, Aaron and I, we're at a, a meeting recently, and we heard the word dignity. Mm-hmm. Can you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And we we said, we're trying to empower these young women with our mentors. We're trying to give them some confidence. But I hope that what we can also give them is dignity. And it's, it's a combination of empowerment and self-confidence. It's not... It's not arrogant, mm-hmm. but it's dignity. And we need to, and dignity, part of dignity is respect. And some of these young women have never been respected. They come from either difficult backgrounds where they didn't ha- see any respect shown. But I hope what we can show them mm-hmm. is some respect so that they can feel the dignity of life and the dignity that they deserve. I love that. You know, um, dignity is a very powerful word. Mm-hmm. So let's ask you something for these girls and, and for me, because I'm very interested as one of the mentors. Tell me something about you that most people don't know. Something fun or unique that we would go, huh, I didn't expect that from Kathy or Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, for one well, I have jumped out of an airplane before. On purpose. On purpose. That would be once and the only time in my lifetime. So that'd be something that's maybe not that known. I, I didn't do that. I, um, I love, love, love food so very much. And um, I go to bed by 10.05. I am sound asleep at 10.05. <laughs> Those are random weird things. But that's, that's kind of how my life rolls. I like that. Kathy, what's something unique that you've done that we don't really know about? I know one of our gals is a fly fisher, and that was interesting to me. <laughs> well, I happened to go fly fishing this week. You did? Last mm-hmm. week. Yeah. How I was did. that? I loved it. Did you catch anything? Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. What no, else do you I, like? think, I think I'm, a, I'm adventurous. 
And I and I loved what my husband did because he, life was not dull with my husband. And if he said, hey, let's go horseback riding, I always did it. I always would go. And when I had an opportunity to go fishing, mm-hmm. I went. And I think I always felt that I always wanted to see what was around the next corner when I went hiking. I, they, everyone would say, I'm done. I say just just one more, just one more rock. I just want to see what is behind that rock. So I'm adventurous. Adventurous. Yeah, she's okay. biking the coast in Oregon next week. I am. That's she does exciting. There's a lot going down. The, I'm actually going down the Columbia River. Wow. Yeah. What's something you love doing with your grandchildren? Just being with them. I don't care what they're doing. Spending time. I just love being with my grandchildren. Doesn't matter what they're doing. Just time. 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 I think that that's true for me with the boys too. My 18 and 22 year old, they took me to breakfast last week and uh, sitting in this little diner and um, just, I'll, I'll take any moment. It, even if he want, they want to come by and do their laundry real quick before they go back to college, I'll sit there and fold clothes with them or... I'll come up with any excuse. Can you help me move my plants to the other <laughs> side of the, you know, anything to spend time with them. I think that that's really, as we started creating women who succeed and there was this natural draw to this, this, these, these youth, these, um, you know, teenagers and college age kids and all that they had, um, to look forward to. We wanted to create those opportunities for them. The scholarships, we're going to be offering scholarships to, to the girls, we have the mentorships. We're setting up internships because we think a lot of these women have such unique um, backgrounds and and mm-hmm. are so interesting that I think the internships will open a lot of doors for these young women. And then just the social networking that many of them may not have opportunities to do. We did a social event at the University of Utah and we had young women come up from Parowan, from um, Mighton, from Tremonton. Um, some gals down um, from San Juan and a parent just came up to me and was so teary-eyed and she said you know we would never get this kind of opportunity in our town this is so great so it's fun to be able to provide experiences for these these young women and I think the older we get the more we want to leave a legacy the more of a difference we want to have in, in a meaningful life you mentioned spending time with your kids and your grandkids. There's nothing more important than giving somebody your time. That's the most valuable thing we have. So in addition to mentoring, I think in some ways, some of these girls might need a little mothering Mm -hmm. and that's okay too. What do you hope to be your legacy? When people say, Kathy Garr, she was what? I hope probably to give these young people or any or my children or anyone a legacy of opportunity. I don't think you can give anybody a richer gift than to give them an opportunity to grow, to learn, to be educated, an opportunity to give back. But give them, I hope that they will say of me that, that I allowed them to become their best selves. And 
to give an opportunity to to learn new ideas and share and appreciate different cultures that appreciate individuals an opportunity to meet people of all different walks of life an opportunity to to uh, develop a career or an opportunity to grow spiritually I just hope that I would leave them, and I know my husband felt this way too. We talked about it a lot. I love your answer. Yeah. I've said that often. Life is what's given. We're all given life. Opportunity is what's taken. You don't get to pick the life you're given, but you do get to choose the opportunities you take. So I love that. And it's a choice. It is a choice. Erin, what about you? Oh my goodness, I can't top that. That's amazing. I would say that I'd like my legacy, I'd like my family to know that um, I did the best I could, that um, I tried to always fight for the underdog. I always wanted to advocate for the underserved, especially women and children in poverty. That was has always been very important and dear to me. I just... Sometimes over the years when I was younger, I may have been a little bit too abrasive and, you know, or confrontational and advocating for something that I believed in. But I'm kind of a black and white person that it's right or it's wrong. It's there or it's not. And um, so I like it when I see people advocating for others and standing up for others. And so I hope I've instilled that, that sense of a North Star for my, my boys, um, that they don't compromise on that. And... That's what I hope that that they remember their mom for. I love getting to know you guys a little bit better and hearing your stories. Is there anything that we didn't discuss that you wanted the women to know before we wrap up? I'm going to I would just say that we're beyond grateful for the women that are giving their time. And it's no small statement that you said that time is the most valuable piece in this day and age. It truly is. Uh, the financial donations are amazing because the girls get scholarships, but giving of their time to commit to one another, to support one another as a network. Uh, if they choose to be mentors, to give up their time for these girls and young women to have role models and to help guide them a little bit. And we're just very grateful for that because in the end, it is about success in education. It is about having these girls and young women have a plan or a pathway to college or careers. And to have this many women step up in Utah and say, I am in, um, that has been truly astounding. And I've been so, so happy. So really grateful for that. And I'll give it to Kathy for the last, last words. Well, I think what I'm hoping these young girls learn is to know themselves. You cannot become what you are meant to become unless you know who you are. And it doesn't matter what walk of life they are coming from, it doesn't matter what their religious belief is, what their, what, whatever. There's a lot of diversity in the world. The important thing is know yourself. Know what you believe, live what you believe, never compromise your own personal integrity and be yourself 
and to give these girls the confidence that they can know themselves and become their best selves is what I'm hoping that these young girls will, will gain from whatever we're doing in whatever aspect of success in education that they choose. What a great way to end this and what a great opportunity that you're giving so many. And I would just like to say thank you on behalf of everyone who has been impacted by your choices and by the foundations and things that you've set up, the groups. Thank you for this. It really does make a difference. And I think success in education equals success in life. Well, thank, thank you, you, Brandy. It's great being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.